The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of Ecclesia Houston. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to follow Jesus, the liberating King, and live in His kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Hello, Ecclesia, and welcome to Worship Together. I want to invite you now, if you haven't yet, to collect your communion elements. We'll be sharing in that later together. And as we enter into this worship, we want to be mindful that God is with us wherever we are, here in Houston, around the country, around the globe. And we join together with Christian women and men throughout history who have taken a part of their week at the beginning of their week to set aside and devote their love and worship to God. And so many of those women and men throughout time have worshiped in odd and difficult circumstances. Circumstances that aren't terribly unlike what we're experiencing now, but the reason we are here, the reason that you are able to gather in your home with your family to worship is because those faithful women and men gathered together wherever they were in whatever circumstance they were in so they could worship and pass on to us a legacy of love and healing and faith. And so as we begin this time of worship together, I want you to hear this prayer from one of the great saints of the church, Augustine. Look upon us, O Lord, and let all the darkness of our souls vanish before the beams of thy brightness. Fill us with holy love and open to us the treasures of thy wisdom. All our desire is known unto thee. Therefore, perfect what thou hast begun and what thy spirit has awakened to us to ask in prayer. We seek thy face. Turn thy face unto us and show us thy glory. Then shall our longing be satisfied and our peace shall be perfect. Ecclesia, let's worship together. As the moon follows the sun, you're all around me. 
Ecclesia, we continue to be committed, even in this challenging season, to the work God calls us, sharing the gospel, caring for the vulnerable in our city and beyond, caring well for the spiritual health of our people, and especially the care of our children. As we each consider our part in that offering, please speak this prayer along with me. Almighty God, you created everything in the heavens above and in the earth below. You survey all your creation and you savor its beauty and appreciate its goodness. To you, we lift up the best we have to offer from our time, talents and resources. We give freely from what we have received from your hand. We give joyfully with the gratitude of a rescued people. We give generously with the excitement of children at play. We join with your mission and with your kingdom. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Ecclesia, at this time each week, we take an offering. And I want to remind you that when we gather our resources together, we could do things that none of us possibly could do on our own. One of our partners at the Colombia-Venezuela border, he's telling us some stories about what's happening for Venezuelans and the people from other countries as well that have been living in Colombia where they thought, or they at least were seeking work, they're no longer able to work. They're going back to Venezuela. They're handing out uh, some kits for hygiene and sanitation, bottles for babies. They're grateful to be our partners. At a number of churches all across Venezuela, we've been able to feed people and we're really grateful for that. You're gonna see a few uh, photos, uh, some from, uh, churches in Caracas, and then uh, closer to the border as well, that they've been feeding brothers and sisters in desperate need in this time. I, I want to share with you a short message from our friend Juan David. Llevando biberones a más de 600 niños eh, todos los días, eh, junto con la Iglesia para la Frontera. Eh, también estamos repartiendo kit a las personas que están regresando desde Perú, Ecuador, Colombia, a Venezuela por las mismas causas. Muchas de ellas han sido desalojadas de, de, de sus eh, casas por no tener cómo pagar. Entonces están retornando de la misma forma que salieron, caminando. Están retornando hacia Venezuela. Eh, para ellos estamos dando un kit de tapabocas, antibacterial, eh, también un pequeño refrigerio. Eh, esto para ayudar a aliviar eh, esto, las cargas y eso que ellos traen en el camino. Eh, agradecemos realmente a la Iglesia Eclesia por su apoyo. Gracias porque junto a ustedes estamos haciendo este gran trabajo y ayudando a nuestros hermanos venezolanos. Un gran abrazo. I'm grateful for our homeless ministry. Um, that every week we've been able to do about 200 um, hot meals during the week. And because you brought a lot of donations this week to the West Side and to Elder, we've been able to put together kids for about 300 more meals. We're wanting to increase the number of hot meals to about 500 meals a week. And we're in the process of doing that. I'm grateful that these are things that we get to do together. When you give, you simply type in 84321. I do the same thing as I worship at home each week, and you type in the amount that you want to give. If you're a first time giver, you're gonna get a link, and it's gonna allow you to enter your information one time and one time only, and from that day forward, you can give with a very simple text and get an email confirmation of the amount of your gift. 
I'm grateful, Ecclesia, for your generosity and your faithfulness in this season, and that we get to care for the least of these together. I want you to know as well that those offerings go to provide the pastors and caregivers that are here to care for you. I wanna invite you to sign up uh, to get pastoral support. We're doing that on Zoom and it's available to all of you. We're working on some opportunities to hire some therapists from the Allender Center in Seattle, Washington that would do telehealth sessions with many of you. If you need a therapist, you need more help, we wanna help you in this season. God bless you and thank you for your generosity and faithfulness. Ecclesia, this is Pastor Chris, and I wanna welcome you to the third week of Easter. I'm thrilled to be able to teach you as we continue to figure out what it means to celebrate the resurrection and to be people of hope in the midst of a very difficult time. It's in Charles Dickens' book, the classic, A Tale of Two Cities, that he starts with this, um, what's become uh, epic in literature, these, these words. He, he says, it was, it, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. It was an age of wisdom. It was an age of foolishness. It was an epic of belief. It was an epic of incredulity. It was a season of light. It was a season of darkness. It was a winter of despair. We had nothing before us. I think that's the part that resonates most deeply with me. The question is like, what's next? What, what am I looking forward to? And most of us, we don't know right now. He says, we were all going directly to heaven and all going directly the other way. He politely wouldn't say hell. Um, and there are times, right, that this uh, season has felt like hell, and there are times it's felt like heaven. It really is the best of times and the worst of times. In Houston, it's especially hard. What's happened with oil prices means that we've got more friends, more family, people that are gonna be unemployed that are struggling economically. We got friends that have lost their jobs. We got people waiting to go back to work. We got a bunch of us trying to be homeschool teachers and we never wanted to be teachers. And we were, we're really grateful for teachers. That's one of the good things that'll come out of this, right? And there are other good things, right? We're connecting with family. We're learning things about ourselves. That's the thing I'm gonna talk to you about today. And I believe, I, I was on a, a pastoral Zoom call um, with an Ecclesian this week. And we, he's, he's got a three-year-old and a, a five-month-old. Uh, and we were talking about the advantages and disadvantages, right? And what we know now is that the more kids are touched, the more they bond with their parents, that their brains develop in amazing ways. They, it develops much better. And uh, that that attachment to parents makes them healthier people. And I started to wonder, what if in the decades to come, we find out that the babies born in this season became really remarkable people because they were so bonded they spent so much time on the skin of their mom or their dad, or they, they just, they were so connected to their siblings and to one another. What if the kids um, that are growing up in our homes right now uh, become better people because they feel so closely connected to our families? There are some beautiful advantages and what we wanna do is see the beauty in this season because it's there. It truly is the best of times in that we're spending time with family and what happens with our kids might be remarkable in this season if they feel bonded and connected to us. At the same time, our community and so many others are experiencing real and profound loss. Ecclesia, I wanna invite you to pray for our beloved sister, uh, fellow Ecclesian, Nanette Schultz. Nanette 
is a beloved sister. She's one of my favorite encouragers in the church. She has often come to me with kind and encouraging words. I got to take her to the Holy Land many years ago, and we have had a beautiful relationship as she has grown in her faith, and she is such a servant in our church. And I want you to know that Nanette has been uh, fighting this virus. And in the midst of fighting this virus, uh, about a week ago, she lost her father. Her father's 104 years old. On the day that she woke up expecting to participate digitally in her father's burial service, um, she woke up to find that her husband, Steve, who was also fighting the virus, had unexpectedly passed in the night. Um, we're grieving with Nanette. We love Nanette. Um, her kids uh, are close to us as well. Uh, Charlie has been a part of our church for many years. Uh, he's home and living with his mother, and we're very grateful for that, that he's there to connect and support her. Her other kids, Robert and Stephanie. Stephanie currently lives in Mexico. I'd like to invite you to pray for them. We're going to surround Nanette with as much love and support as we possibly can, and I want to invite you to be a part of that. You'll hear more in the coming days and weeks about how you can support this family. At the same time, because we're a part of the body of Christ, we're also celebrating, as we grieve, we're celebrating the many amazing things that are happening in our midst. So we've instituted a new award. It's the We're Gonna Make It Through Award, and we're recognizing Ecclesians every week that serve in beautiful ways. And this week, we're celebrating the work of our dear sister, Lisa Trevino. Uh, her husband, Josue, is a pastor on our staff, and we love Josue, we love the whole family, uh, but Lisa is not only serving as she often is in the church and leaning in and praying for and caring for people. Um, I, I have a deep and profound respect for Lisa, but she's also serving patients as a nurse, specifically those uh, that are susceptible to stroke because of this virus. She's been called in uh, just as they're going to bed. She's been on call when she's not working and she is serving the sick and the needy. And Lisa, you need to know that we love you. And if you want to bomb, the Trevino family with something good to eat. They like tacos. Um, you can do that. You can send me an email, chris at ecclesiahouston.org, and I'll send you their mailing address. We're gonna be sending them a lot of great things because we're grateful for what Lisa and the whole family is doing to serve our city, our entire church community, and the globe. This week, I wanna to talk to you about the rhythms of Ecclesia. Uh, we've, we've got these rhythms, and Sean explained it to you last week that there's just as there is in jazz. He was pretty fired up about jazz, wasn't he? And uh, he, he said that there's a structure to life, right? Just like there's a structure to music. And we live in these rhythms. And when we develop habits that really work, and sometimes um, I talk to you a lot about um, who you are, because who you are is not what you do, right? You're, you're not, just because you're a lawyer, right? Um, that, that doesn't, that's not your identity. Your identity's in Christ. And at the same time, what I'll tell you is, um, there are ways that what you do can reshape who you are and want to be. There are times you, you take proactive steps and you change your habits, you change your way of thinking, you change some of the things that your behaviors that have not been helpful for you or your family, they're not healthy or wise. And so the rhythms of Ecclesia are an attempt to live in some rhythms together that bring about the greatest health in our life. And right now, all of us need to be functioning at our optimal health. And the foundation piece of that, the baseline, if you will, is that we're to be authentic people with one another. We said, as a rhythm of Ecclesia, we're gonna be real. And what we think that means is that we're honest about who we are, not only with ourselves, but with dear friends, with the world, and mostly with God. They were honest. This is who we are. This is, 
This is who God made us to be, our strengths and our weaknesses. And in quarantine, many of us are finding our strengths. There are places you're made to serve, you're made to lead, you're, you're leaning in in crisis, you're, you're becoming an algebra teacher and you never were one. You're doing things that are amazing. And also in crisis, we're learning uh, some of the places that we got rough edges and that we wanna change. And I'm experiencing that as well. I grew up in a church environment um, that the primary message I think I heard, I don't know if anybody ever said it to me clearly, but the message I heard was the way to be a good Christian is almost to be a plastic version of yourself, to put the best version of you forward, actually to pretend like you're somebody that's much better than you are and, uh, and that you'd kind of win Christianity that way. That's the way to do it. That's how you do it right. I remember vividly being in eighth grade and for the first time being at a funeral it wasn't my first time at a funeral, but it was my first time at a funeral that I felt the raw emotion of somebody not faking anything at all. I remember this dear beloved sister had experienced a deep loss and she was weeping from the bottom of her gut, right? The kind of, uh, of pain that you could feel just as you sat next to her. And there was something profoundly sad and difficult as we grieved with her. And there was something really beautiful about the authenticity that she was offering in that moment, right? And I remember thinking, what would it be like to live life that way, where we just didn't fake it at all? Now, there are times you gotta have a job interview and there, not everybody needs to be in all your stuff, but there is something beautiful about not having to pretend, about being who you're really made to be. And it starts with knowing ourselves, right? And this season is a season we can really explore our motives. Why did I do that? Why do I act that way? Why do I get defensive? Richard Rohr says it this way, he says, life is not a matter of creating a special name for ourselves, but uncovering the name we always had. I think it's a beautiful way to say it. It's, this season could be about discovering who you really are and who God made you to be, and to be that authentic self. Teresa of Avila said it this way. She said, how do we think we can enter heaven if we've never entered into ourselves? Right? There's this, this sense that self-awareness, when we finally gain it, it can prevent a lot of pain and suffering and major mistakes. It's when we're not self-aware, we tend to make the same mistakes over and over and over again. In Colossians 3, I love the way that Paul puts it when he says that we've been given a new life and he says that new life is hidden. Isn't that interesting? He says, your new life is in Christ is hidden. He says, it's enmeshed in the anointed one who is in God. He says, as we enter this new life with Christ, it's hidden from us. We've become so enmeshed with Christ. And what we have to do, it's not permanently hidden, but we have to explore it and to discover it and to learn who we are. This is a great opportunity to take some dates with yourself, to walk, to think, to read, to explore your heart in a way that would allow for growth that you couldn't experience otherwise. So I wonder, Ecclesia, what have you learned about yourself in quarantine? Have you learned that you're, uh, some of us are stronger than we thought, right? And in other ways, we're weaker than we ever dreamed, right? How many of us have learned that um, we need people more than we thought, right? That maybe even the small interactions that we experience on a day by day, week by week basis, sustain us in some beautiful ways. Some of us are finding we miss our barber or our hairstylist, not just because of the way we look and the fact that 
we're cutting our own hair and our family members are cutting our hair, but because they're people that we enjoy, right? I remember having a conversation with a really kind and gentle man. Uh, he was an Ecclesian who had lost his wife. And I remember him telling me, it, it was one of the unique comments that you just never forget. And he said, you know, pastor, um, I go get my hair cut every week since my wife passed. He didn't do it before. I kind of looked at him and thought, you don't have that much hair, right? A lot of us don't have as much as we used to have. You don't, you don't need to get a haircut every week. He said, I just, um, I just find I need the interaction, right? That here was this uh, sweet woman who would touch his neck and uh, push back the hair over his ears and just very kindly um, welcome him into her world. And many of us are finding, I, I miss that person. I needed that person more than I thought. I'm learning those kinds of things about myself. I'm, I'm also learning some harder things. Um, that when I have to uh, do a hard thing, I, I sometimes look for a diversion, right? Uh, Alvin Plantinga says it this way. He says, self-deception about sin is like a narcotic. When we can't see or identify our own sin, he says, it's like a narcotic. It's, it numbs our soul to the point that we can't see things clearly. And the opportunity we have, you have and I have, is in this season to see some things that you're like, this is not uh, who I wanna be. Now, for some of us, it's a struggle because we already struggle with not liking ourselves, and, and that's not a good place to be either. Um, identifying sin in your life is not giving yourself more ammunition to despise yourself. It's just the opposite. It's about saying, I wanna see God do surgery on me so that I can function for myself and those that I love in the healthiest way possible. And during this season, I think we're already sensing frustration is just getting really high. Um, a small thing will happen. We, uh, we damaged uh, a part on, on Trinity's car today, and it was just a mistake, it was an accident. But tears started to flow that were far beyond damage done to a car, right? It was a cleaning solution that we shouldn't have used and it didn't work out. And you know what? Some things don't work out. And the emotion that poured to it was much heavier than the thing that actually happened, right? And many of us are in similar places. Ecclesia, would you consider some new practices in this season? You've got the time, all the time you would have been in the car or you would have been in a store or maybe at the gym. And instead, would you practice some centering prayer? Just breathe in, breathe out. And when you breathe out, it's a time to speak. And you, just be, you can just say what you feel like you need to say, right? For me, it's often Jesus be with me. He's already with me. It's just a reminder to me. Jesus be with me. God be with me. Jesus help me. Please help me. Really simple phrases. But just center yourself in who you are. And I've found that if I'm going to cook or I'm going to clean or I'm going to care for the kids or I'm going to get on the next Zoom call. Anybody else tired of Zoom at this point? Um, that if I'll just center myself, God be with me. God give me pleasure. God help me to see beauty. Just to breathe these simple prayers that beautiful things begin to happen. I want to read to you today from 1 John. I love this book. It's a tiny little letter from an old man who knew Jesus. This man knew Jesus and he loved Jesus and Jesus loved him. And because of that love, it enabled him to care for people in a really beautiful way. And in 1 John, he starts this letter and this is what he says. He says, we wanna tell you about the one who was from the beginning. 
We have seen him with our own eyes. John always wanted to remind you. I was an eyewitness. I saw Jesus. I touched him. I touched him after he was resurrected. He said, I'll stake my life on the fact that Jesus was God and man. We heard him with our own ears and touched him with our own hands. This one is the manifestation of the life-giving voice. And he showed us real life, eternal life. We have seen it all and we can't keep what we witnessed quiet. We have to share it with you. We are inviting you to experience eternal life through the one who was with the Father and came down to us. What we saw and heard we pass on to you so that you too will be connected with us intimately and become family. Even for those that you're not with on a regular basis, have you learned that you're actually family? I, I've had friends from high school reach out to me. I've had uh, friends from college that I haven't talked to in a long time and, and we're having long conversations. Pouring a tea, I bought best purchase I made during quarantine, I bought a kettle, you just instant tea whenever you want it. And, uh, and I'll pour a glass of tea and we'll have a conversation, one we never would have had otherwise. He goes on and says, our family is united by our connection with the Father and His Son, Jesus, the Anointed One, the Messiah. And we write all this because retelling this story fulfills our joy. This is what I want you to hear, Ecclesia. In this season, you don't need to do it in a cheesy or a weird way, but telling the story of Jesus and identifying with Jesus and finding your hope in Jesus, not just personally in a really private way, but publicly in a way that we share it. And we say, this is why I'm a person of hope. This is why I'm not gonna give in to despair. He says, that's what gives me joy. What we are telling you now is the very message we heard from him. God is pure light, undimmed by darkness of any kind. If we say we have an intimate connection with the Father, but we continue stumbling around in darkness, then we are lying because we do not live according to the truth. What's he saying here? He's saying, if we act like we're perfect, right? Um, now, that doesn't mean um, that we need to be perfect. It's just acknowledging that we're not, but it is saying we don't wanna make the same mistakes over and over and over again. That's stumbling around in the darkness. And if we know him, then we walk in the light. If we walk step by step in the light where the Father is, then we are ultimately connected to each other through the sacrifice of Jesus, his son. I hope that brings you some encouragement today, that we're connected to each other through the spirit and that even when we can't be together, and I'm like you, uh, I, I miss your touch. Uh, I miss hugs. I, would, I can't wait till we can hug again. I don't know that it's happening really soon, but we're gonna find ways to express that love and connection in non-physical ways, in non-contact ways. He says, but if we own up to our sins, and that's part of what I'm inviting you to do, he says, God shows us that he is faithful and just by forgiving us our sins and purifying us from the pollution of all bad things we have done. If we say we have not sinned, then we depict God as a liar and show that we have not let his word find its way into our hearts. Ecclesia, one of the great gifts of our community. In fact, I heard it this week uh, from a longtime Ecclesian. And he said, before I came to Ecclesia, I had never found a place that I could be myself. He said, in other spiritual communities, if I asked the wrong question or believed something that wasn't perfectly in line, um, I was asked to move along, right? 
And this is a community where you're invited to be fully who you are, the good, the bad, the ugly. And in fact, I've reminded you often that we're drawn to people not because they're awesome and perfect, but because they're imperfect in the ways that we're imperfect. And I wanna invite you in this quarantine season. Everybody knows there's no prize for quarantine, right? We got an award that we're giving to people that serve, but none of us are gonna come through this perfect. But being vulnerable about who we really are and what we really think is hard, um, the mistakes that we make, I remember this beautiful passage in Genesis, right? The first question that God asked to man, right? You remember what he asked, right? God comes to the garden and he says, where are you? He knew where they were. And Adam answers, right? You remember what he says? He doesn't say where he is. God says, where are you? Adam says, I'm naked. As if God, God, God was like, you've always been naked, right? But all of a sudden something happened and Adam became very aware of his own nakedness, his own vulnerability. And he started to look down at himself and he became consumed by it. That's what sin does. It forces us to be consumed with ourselves. And what we're gonna practice week after week is a rhythm of being real. And that means being honest about our failures. Now that doesn't mean that you need to broadcast all your failures on social media. Um, I'd encourage you to be a real person on social media, uh, but you don't need to share your sins with the world um, and your brokenness with the world. Um, I would suggest that you have a community like our church that you feel like you can be honest in. I'd suggest that you have a small group, maybe eight to 12 people that you're really honest with. And then hopefully most of us have two other things that I want, want you to think about in this season. Three or four people that really know everything. They know what's going on with you. And I would suggest for each of us, especially in this season, a therapist, a spiritual director, or a pastor, that knows the intimate places of your struggle that you can share honestly with. All of those people, pastors included, hold those things in confidence. You don't have to hold anything back. In the coming weeks, we're gonna be sharing more opportunities to help Ecclesians connect with spiritual directors and therapists. We're looking to hire some people on our staff that would serve our kids, because our kids are gonna be struggling in this season, adults, and to serve our staff as our staff seeks to care for everyone else. We've got pastoral visits that you can sign up for on Zoom. Ecclesia, I want you to know God loves you for who you are. I love you for who you are. Nobody needs to love you for being better than you are. I want to invite you into a life of authenticity in this season. And I want to pray for you. Lord God, I thank you for my brothers and sisters. I pray that you would do away with anything in their heart and soul that says they need to pretend to be better than they are. They are loved by you and by friends and family in this church community, just in the place that they are. In that space, God, we also see areas that we can grow. And we know that we'll only grow in those areas if we're honest about them, if we share them, if we seek your help and guidance and make progress. And we pray that in this season, as Ecclesians, we could live into the rhythm of being real. Meet us in that place, God. We thank you that we're not alone. We pray all of this together and we pray it in your name, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Ecclesia, now we have the great privilege to come to the table. I'm reminded how Jesus gathered his friends on that so important night, and he took a piece of bread and he broke it. And he proclaimed, this is my body broken for you, signifying just the great suffering that he was going to do on our behalf. In the same way, he took a cup, he filled it with wine, and he proclaimed something 
that changed our lives forever. This is my blood shed for you. And in it, we find forgiveness of sins and just a whole new identity. As we come to the table today, I would like to guide us through a prayer as we just prepare our hearts. This is just, as a family, a simple way that we could acknowledge in some ways that we might have missed it. I will read as a celebrant and you could respond as the people. Lord, you have made us to be free, but we crave the cheap comforts of our chains. You have made us to serve others, but we have eyes only for ourselves. You have made us to love, but we are inflamed with lust. You provide that we may be generous, but we greedily hoard as if your well will run dry. You forgive time and time again, but we hold fast to the sins of others. You offer light for our path, but we insist on making our own way. You are the God who saves. Lord, save us from ourselves. In your great mercy, restore and heal us and grant us your peace. Amen. I hear the Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. I find thy power and thine alone can change the leper's spots and melt the heart of stone. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. Washed it white as snow. And when before the throne I stand in him complete. Jesus died, my soul to save, my lips shall still repeat, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe, sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow.
Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. Hi friends, this is the time in our service where we say a blessing over the children in our lives. Beautiful child, I pray that your days continue to be filled with joy, laughter, love, and family and friends who guide you in the way of truth. May you always remember that God is always on your side and will never leave you or forsake you. Know that you are seen, you are loved, you are cared for, and you were created for a purpose. May the days ahead be filled with joy, and may you not lack for anything. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Iglesia, we thank you for joining us. The benediction is a call to friendship. God so longed to connect with his people that he walked and dwelt among us, called us his friends, experiencing joy and sorrow, pain and laughter, forever enchanting and transforming humanity, our lives and our friendships, infusing them with the divine. So go forth to be true and virtuous friends to all, whether with those already kindred or those who too often walk alone. They have been chosen for you and you for them. May the perfect eternal movement of the Father, Son, and Spirit guide us this day and all our days into deep communion with the Almighty and one another. Family, friends, dwell in peace. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.ecclesiahouston.org.